Welcome to Your Best Riding Life, an extension of the Blue Ridge Mountains Christian Riders Conference held in the beautiful Blue Ridge Mountains of North Carolina. I'm your host, Linda Goldfarb. Each week, I bring you tips and strategies from experts in the riding and publishing industry to help you excel in your craft. I'm so very glad that you're listening in today. Today, we're going to be talking about creating memorable characters, and my industry expert also happens to be a good friend of mine. His name is Aaron M. Zook, Jr., and Aaron is a multiple award-winning author and speaker. He's thrilled thousands with his YA Christian mystery adventure series about two inquisitive brothers and their dogs who solve one crisis after another around the world. Aaron is a retired U.S. Army colonel and lives with his beautiful wife, Joyce, in Texas. It is so good to have you here with us, Aaron. Thanks. That's uh, great to be here. I'm looking forward to having a chance to chat with you and talk a little bit about characters. Ooh, and you are a character, so this is going to fit in perfectly. (laughs) Before we talk about creating memorable characters, Aaron, I want to find out a little bit about you, or at least an inside look at the life of our expert. And so would you share something with us that maybe we would not find on your bio? Oh, sure. That's great. Uh, Well, uh, I play guitar and I sing. And one thing that's probably not on my bio is the fact that I've written about 30 plus songs. Some of them are really good and some of them aren't quite as good as the others. But anyway, I love to play them. I actually made a CD with five praise and worship songs and then another five uh, praise and worship songs you'd sing someplace else. And I did this when I was at the War College. We recorded it on a CD, and I call it the beta version because we did it in a house instead Ah. of doing it in a recording studio. So the quality is not quite what you would put out there on a CD you want to sell, but the bottom line is it was a lot of fun, and uh, I had a chance to record some songs that I had personally written. I've also written another song, too, for the location that we're at right now. And that's the Holly Lake Ranch. I know that's where you live, right? That's correct. So the song is called Holly Lake. And basically, I've all, I recorded the music with uh, somebody who has a home studio. He's a professional musician. And uh, we did a really good take with that. And then I made a video out of it as well. So it's really cool. Oh, and folks, I'm going to tell you, I'll give you more information on this, but I'm going to encourage you to go to Aaron's website. I'll give you that towards the end. And you'll need to go to the, is it the music tab? I think it's a music tab, Aaron. And then they'll scroll down and they'll be able to click on the video. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. The video is at the bottom of the page and it'll show you some beautiful scenes about Holly Lake Ranch. And uh, it's also kind of a humorous video too about where we live. So I was trying to pick people's spirits up after we'd been uh, quarantined for about two or three months with uh, the COVID that just appeared in the United States. So this is when everybody was staying at home, I looked outside, saw the beautiful creation God made. And then I said, you know, we can be happy about what God's given us and not be so concerned about this virus. It's going to, it's going to have its course and its day and then it'll be over. So. Okay. Well, good. I look forward to our listeners going and checking it out and then letting us know what they think. Do you happen to have your guitar with you? It's not right next to me, no. Oh, oh, man, because here's what I was thinking. You know, I think it would be really fun to have a theme song for your best writing life. So I was thinking, you know, if you do stuff like that. (laughs) That sounds like a lot of fun. I tell you what, I'd really enjoy playing around with something like that. (laughs) Okay, well, we'll see. If we come up with a Your Best Writing Life theme song, then we'll share it with everybody. I think that would be a hoot. So, yay, that would be a good thing. That would be awesome. 
Yes, it would. Thank you. What we're going to do right now, we're going to we're going to head right into our content for today, which is creating memorable characters. So my first question is going to be, how do you create a memorable character for your book? I actually use a lot of different systems, uh, but I, I use a character interview, and I, I can tell you more about that later. The thing that I focus on first, though, before I even want to interview a character is I decide uh, what my character is probably going to look like. If I can find a photo, I will find one, and then that'll become part of my my thought process when I'm thinking about the character and what they're doing. But I also like to think about what they might do, what their behavior's like. And one of the best ways that I know how to figure that out is to use some kind of personality system to uh, understand my character a little bit better. And, you know, I've gone through a lot of different systems like Myers-Briggs and uh, a couple of other ones, just trying to understand how personalities work. And I've been certified in a couple of them. And the last one I got certified is a system called Linked. And Linda, you're one of the authors on the book. So <laughs> yes, I really I am. <laughs> it's <laughs> and a great. I, and I promise you, folks, I didn't. I actually didn't even know he was going to bring this up in this interview. So, yay, I'm OK with that. So tell us how you use it. Well, actually, the book lays out four different personality types. One is a socializer, one is a mobilizer, one is an organizer, and the last one is stabilizer. Uh, the stabilizer is kind of a peaceful person. They like to do things the easy way and make things go very smoothly. They're kind of introverted. There are people that like peace and quiet. And I tell you what, these are the people, though, if there's if there's an emergency going on, you want them around to help you out because they'll be very peaceful about it, very calm, and they'll help you get through the situation. So they're great folks to get to know. I'm kind of a mobilizer, so I'm a person that wants to get things done the fast way. Uh, if you can give me a bullet point list, that's what I want to, to see so I can get on to the next project that I want to go to. <laughs> so I like to do things the fast way. I also like to be in control when I can. I uh, enjoy that. Those are just two different character personality traits that you might see in the Link series. There's two other ones, of course, the socializer and the organizer. And you can kind of tell from the names what those people like to do. The socializer likes to talk and, and likes to get to know people. And there's also the organizer who tries to arrange things very, very neatly. So the characters in my books, I have two brothers. The older boy's an organizer, but he's also a mobilizer kind of his a linked personality where he's he's first the organizer and then the mobilizer. And then the other boy happens to be a socializer. So he's really a talkative guy. And he's also a mobilizer. So there's some conflict that I can create in my book with these personalities. And that's what you use personalities for, which is to create depth in your character. And when you understand personalities, you know, I use this with my coaching clients and even encouraging them to understand the people in their lives, real relationships in their lives. And when we can picture someone in our mind that has a specific personality, then we know their tendency in this situation then would be this. Because the last thing we want to do is create a character, and then all of a sudden they do something out of character. And yes. we, the reader, then gets lost, I think, in that, right? That's true, uh, unless there's a catastrophic event. So yeah. you might take someone like my the younger boy in the book, Gabe. Gabe might have had something really 
bad happened to him. And it, while he's very much a vocal person and he's always talking to people, you might be able to tell something's wrong because he's not talking. He's yeah. kind of hiding by himself and he's really an extrovert. Uh, so you can tell by the character uh, changes what's going to happen. But you have to create and you have to also actually reinforce the character traits that they carry with them all the time. Because Gabe is just a hilarious guy who likes to reach out and, and take control of the situation, but he does it in a verbal way. And it really annoys his brother, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> and that's one thing is that if we fall in love with the character in a story, and that's what we want to do, even sometimes the bad guys, it's falling in like with them maybe, or understanding them differently, understanding them deeper. I like that you use the word that we need to create that depth in our character. And so if we can reveal characteristics, tendencies, possibilities of why they would act a certain way, then it really does carry the reader in through the story. And that's great. I love it. Anything else? I know you had mentioned the character interview. So if you want to talk about that now, or did you want to finish up the first part of this? Well, I just want to follow on with what you had to say. The protagonist, of course, the hero or heroine of the story, uh, basically those are the people that have to have a really, really well-built character. If you have a lesser character, you might not spend as much time developing that person. But you do have to make them memorable enough for people to want to at least read a little bit about what's going on in their lives too. So as we get ready to look at what a character interview does for you, you really uh, have to give some depth to your character in a way that talks a little bit of where they come from. Perhaps in their background, they might have a personal problem or struggle that they're dealing with. I know in my latest book that I'm writing right now, book number six, I'm putting some things in the past in the background of one of the girls in the story uh, who had a brother who was uh, involved with drugs, and that will affect the actions that she does in the future. Well, how do I know that? Well, I interviewed my character and said, what, what's happened to you in your life that's really been bad, that's really created a problem for you? And then after I asked that question of my character, of course, you're asking yourself and you're writing your interview as you go along. Uh, then I said, okay, now what do you want to do about that? Well, of course, that created an action for her in my book series where she's going after uh, the drug dealers. And that makes a big difference in the story because she joins the boys in what they're doing, trying to help uh, stop all the drug dealing that's going on at the Olympics in 1992. Mm. So when you're having that discussion, and I know for those of you that write fiction, you have discussions with your characters all the time. You may even have dreams about your characters and they tell you the next thing and you didn't even know it was going to happen. And so when you're interviewing, I like what you said, Erin, that you kind of are asking the questions as you go. And there may be some questions that you set up at the front, you know, because you do, you want to know them deeply and backstory you may not put in the book per se or in detail, but it's evident in what dialogue and conversations that someone else may have about someone else where you go, oh, something was going on. Absolutely. You're absolutely correct. You don't necessarily have to lay it out up front. The backstory is a backstory for a reason. <laughs> you right. want to put it later on in the book. But the bottom line is they may not even hear or see that part of the story. 
but you know it because you've interviewed your character. You've gone down into the depths with them. So it's more than just the simple things about what kind of food do they like or, or you know, how many brothers and sisters they have. That does impact a little bit about what's written. But you really want to get down to the emotional depth of the character. The emotional depth is what's going to draw the reader into your story. And they're going to want to find out what that person really thinks and how are they going to act when certain things happen to them. And you write YA, so you're actually writing to a people group that are seeking a deeper understanding. They're seeking God. They're seeking what they're to do with their lives. And yours is a mystery series, but you can really touch young people as they're walking through this fiction piece because you're discussing real life situations with someone that you have envisioned in your mind and the reader can be the one who goes, gosh, that's, I relate to that. Right. Exactly. Because everybody's developed a little bit differently and the characters in my books, as they grow six months older in each book that's released, they are actually developing their character and they have a spiritual growth line as well. They're learning that the things their parents talk about have to be uh, experienced in life to truly get set in their heart on how they're going to act about things. Now, Gabe is a brash boy, so he is uh, sometimes he's way too brash (laughs) and he suffers the consequences of that sometimes. But there's one story where I show the, the difficulty of how much you can trust your friends and what will happen then. Trust is a very deep word. And how do you develop trust and how do you know who you can trust? That's a very big thing. And Gabe learns about that, but it's a hard way, not the easy way. Well, and I think that it's good, Aaron, that you do have consequences in your book. Because yeah. we, when we make a choice, we're also choosing a consequence if the consequence is reinforced. And so you're showing that in your book. That's exactly right. Uh, I do make sure that the boys suffer the consequences, so to speak, of their poor decisions. Uh, but God's always in charge. So if you call on him, he might be there to help you out. <laughs> mm. So he does that in the book as well. And the boys are learning and growing. So what I try to do is I try to make sure that as they grow and learn and put that uh, thing that they learned in their lives, uh, that lesson that they learned, then does it ever get repeated? Oftentimes we have to go through through things more than one time uh, to be able to understand how it's going to work out in our lives and to get the point of the lesson. So, Oh, this is, you are just hitting right on the nail, right on the head because we do. It would be great if we went through a poor choice, had the consequences, and then learned from that and never repeated it. But that's slim in human nature. And as you (laughs) mentioned, God is always available for those who love him, and he desires their best. And sometimes the best situation is the situation where the consequence is absolutely that point of suffering for the individual, for them to learn and to grow. And then there's other times when he's like, you know, I'm going to give you a little bit of a reprieve here. So it is the hand of that father that is so merciful and graceful, yet very just. And I appreciate that. And I appreciate that in your writing. 
thank you well, so thank much. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Yes, and it's uh, you're exactly right. The and one of the things I found in book writing, and I've learned this through going to lots of Christian writers' conferences, mm-hmm. is that the characters have to actually endure and go through suffering, usually to learn the point of the lesson. And this is a difficult thing for us to understand. But when things are going very well, sometimes you're not learning a lot of lessons in life that you need to learn. And God will take you through a very hard road so you can learn the lesson of sharing, uh, perhaps maybe trusting the right people. Maybe it's another one about not trying to be in charge all the time or even just listening to someone. Because if you're talking all the time and you're not listening to anybody else, you might not learn a whole lot about life. And that falls right back into the personalities of the individuals and what their natural tendency is, how their brain is designed, how they were designed by God, and then the choice they have to make. Because you have a socializer who naturally talks, and for that socializer to say, "Ah, you know what, if I start listening, it's going to make a big difference. But that's a choice. And I love seeing that develop in characters. That's exactly right. You you have to watch people uh, character grow uh, in your book because they are growing as they go through the process of the book. Whether it's one book or a series, your character has to grow through that series. Okay. Now, you had mentioned the character development, and I'm thinking from the reader's perspective, what is the importance of the character development for the reader? What does it help if you have a well-developed character versus a poorly developed character? How does that impact the reader? Well, if your character is well-developed, the reader is going to understand the motivations, the thoughts, the intentions, the heart of the character that you're working with. And you might see some things that might on a on the initial examination on the surface look like there are wrong actions coming out of a character that you thought would think a little bit differently about it but when you get down to the intentions they may do something that you think is wrong but it's for the right reasons in their mind and yet it still might turn out uh, to be a problem uh, or it might turn out to take them down the wrong road or into a disastrous situation even though they had the right intentions And if that's true, then your character is going to learn that right intentions don't necessarily make the right action. Uh, Mm. So you're going to learn as the character grows that it's more than just the intentions in life that matter. It's what you do with those intentions and how you carry them out. And I think God looks at us to see what is in our heart. He's the only one that really knows all the intentions of our heart. But he's also looking for us to carry it out with our behavior as well. And especially, again, because you write for YA, for the reader to experience that part of life with the characters, it really can be a life lesson, not just a form of entertainment, but something that they take to heart. As Exactly. Reading. That's correct. And, you know, I think sometimes the best lessons that we can learn are through reading when we don't even realize we're learning a lesson. Mm -hmm. Uh, The plot of the story, the structure of the story, the setting, those are all great. But the character, out of this was done in a survey, the character is the most important part of a story. And how that character develops, the person can internalize those things, especially when they're turned toward the good uh, and toward 
the Lord, they can see how that all works. Now, I talk a lot about that. I take, uh, I'm take i taking a long part of this series just to develop the boys in their spiritual growth as well. So you don't see it coming uh, right away, but both boys eventually uh, are going to be turning their lives over to, to Jesus Christ. Mm, that's a beautiful thing, especially as a series. They're growing as they grow, and the reader really can start growing with them. And when a character accepts Christ as their Savior, that can be an amazing spiritual prompt for the reader as well. Exactly. And, uh, you know, a lot of people don't, some some people don't really talk about how one would do that process and, and why that process would occur uh, in, a, in a child's life or a young person's life. And the reader, in this particular uh, sense for this book series, they're growing along with Gabe and Alex. They're watching them experience life. They're actually watching them go through some very difficult situations. And at the same time, they're growing inside and they're going to make decisions because it's the right thing to do. I mean, they really feel like there's that's the right thing for them to do in that situation. When they do that, it's, it's not something that's just a, a casual thought. It's a deep commitment, and it's very important to have a deep character so the individual reading the book goes like, ah, I know where that came from. That's good. Very good. So when we're looking at our characters and how they go through different changes within the plot of the book, are there specific types of changes that our characters should undergo as you know, the plot progresses? It's a very interesting. I've seen uh, something called a character pyramid, which I do think about from time to time. And it, sometimes it's based on uh, a lie that the character actually tells himself. Like, for instance, Gabe is very brash and bold sometimes, and he thinks that's the right way to take control of a situation and to handle it. But it's somewhat of a lie if he's doing it the wrong way. And so underneath that lie, he has to deal with all the little internal lies that go along with that. Like it's okay to be uh, to speak over people all the time, or it's okay to jump in with your own conclusion without listening to somebody else. And he has to learn how to deal with all of those little, um, I call them fibs that we tell ourselves about what, what we do <laughs> and what, what the action really means. And, and then at the same time, he's when he's dealing with these things, he comes to an abrupt conclusion later when he's caught out uh, or finds that his action turns out to do just the opposite of what he wanted it to do. Um, and so the character deals with those things. And then it, it changes their character when they realize it didn't accomplish what they really wanted it to in the first place. And it changes their life. So hopefully that'll help the reader's life too. Uh, as they read the book, they'll see what kind of little things they're saying about themselves that really probably aren't quite true or really need to be investigated. And we love to see how that all works out in a book. Uh, in real life, it's a little more difficult, but you might be able to take an example from the book and use it in real life. And self-talk, especially for that age group, self-talk is huge because exactly. self-talk can really, you know, we start believing what we say about ourselves. Mm -hmm. And if without having the strength of the Holy Spirit in us as believers, our young people today can be so taken away and easily taken astray 
if they're thinking negative thoughts about themselves, I'll never be able to do that. I can't accomplish that. And so if we show in our character, if our characters start undergoing all of this change and realization and self-awareness and then God awareness, then I do see that as an amazing prompt for readers to be able to go, hmm, maybe there is something I need to be considering. Yeah, that's exactly right. So because the reader themselves are developing and growing, usually when the YA readers are going to be uh, teens that want to have excitement, have have the uh, thrill uh, of being out there doing something different, uh, maybe experiencing a different country. I take the boys to different countries. Maybe they want to experience what it's like to be a detective or to be in a dangerous situation. This gives them ideas about how they can handle that and what's the right way to deal with the situations around them that might be dangerous or might seem like a thrill, but might not be exactly what they want to do. You have to be very careful in what you do in life uh, if you want to preserve yourself, your integrity, and also to preserve your body. So don't go out doing anything that you wouldn't want to see done. Uh, I guess they say, don't do this uh, at home <laughs> from the TV ads <laughs> for the adventures. So you can read it in a book, but don't do it at home. <laughs> there it is. There it is. Live that adventure through the book, but be aware of the reality back at home. Exactly. So you have, you have given us great information today on how we can create memorable characters. I greatly appreciate that. I know that you have a giveaway for our listeners, right? Uh, right. There's a little article called Passionate for God uh, yeah. that's available on my website. And uh, well, you can come in. for all of that. Yeah, that's terrific. So uh, it's a story uh, about why the people uh, in Oberammergau, Germany, put on a passion play every 10 years. I think you'll mm -hmm. love it. It uh, was written for Focus on the Family. So uh, it's really a great article that talks about people's passion for God. Oh, that's great. And then you say that you also have a character tip sheet that we're going to be able to download from our show notes as well. Yes, that's correct. I'm going to have that available and uh, it'll be something that you can look through. It'll talk a little bit about things that we've discussed here, but I'll put a few more tips in as well and uh, make sure that it's a helpful tool for you in your writing so that you might be able to develop those deep characters that I was talking about. Characters that will touch the emotions of your readers. Oh, that's beautiful. Well, I have a bonus question for you. Sure. So here, here it is. Aaron Zook, what brings you joy? Probably, uh, well, uh, that's a great question. I think probably the thing that would bring me, that brings me the most joy is singing and playing worship songs uh, to the Lord. Um, I do that almost every morning. Uh, I'll pick up my guitar and I will sing. And that, that probably brings me the most joy because I'm, I'm reuniting that day with God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, just by worship, worshiping them and praising them uh, when I wake up. Mm, that's a great way to wake up. You know, I have a coffee cup and on it, it says, you know, in the morning when I rise, give me Jesus. And I love being able to sip on a little bit of froth coffee, and I'll just start singing that. Maybe I'll walk around singing that. And I also have my grand, our youngest grandbaby. I get to 
take care of her a couple days a week. And so when she comes and she wakes up in the morning and I'll just start singing that to her too. And I'll tell you, Erin, she loves it. So music is a beautiful catalyst of joy for us. So I can see mm-hmm. how that would be just lovely. And I'm sure Joyce enjoys you playing that guitar to her. Sure. She loves it. Uh, she says, I'm her favorite praise and worship leader. <laughs> oh, that's so good. That's good. And folks, I'm going to let you know that Aaron does have many of his books available. We have The Crashing Coaster Mystery. This is book number five in the Thunder and Lightning series. If you want to get an autographed copy, I'll give you the link to that is in the show notes. If It's available on Amazon as well. We also have another link for the Thunder, oh, for the whole series. And a reminder, too, that you're going to go to zookbooks.org forward slash music. You're going to go all the way down to the bottom and enjoy that Holly Lake video because it is so much fun. I'll make sure and have a link there as well. Aaron, thank you so very much for being on with us. I'm glad to be here. And I've got to warn you about that song. The uh, the chorus is kind of addictive. So once it gets in your brain, it's hard to get out. <laughs> oh, wow. We'll be singing some Holly Lake, I'm guessing. So <laughs> this is That's good. right. This is good. Thank you so much, Aaron. And thank you, my friends, for joining us. Please take a moment to subscribe, rate, and review. Because what you have to say matters as much as what you have to write. This is Linda Goldfarb, and I look forward to being here with you next time on Your Best Writing Life.